November. It is almost, it's almost December, Tim. It's almost Christmas. I know. I know. Four weeks till Christmas and uh, my shopping's done. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm a guy. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, wow, I'm very impressed if you finish. No, if my shopping was done, I would, I would lose some street cred. So I can't say it is. So <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> I, you, know, you know what? Shopping is so easy now. You order online, you don't even need to go look for things and boom, you're done. Very, very true. And I guess the one thing about this uh, lockdown, don't get me started, but we can do a lot of, of local local uh, shopping where they can uh, yep. deliver to you pretty quick. So I like that. I've done that already a few times. So I, yeah. I like that. I'm trying to avoid Amazon right now. I'm doing a lot of mm-hmm. local stuff. And it's mm-hmm. and there, I, I did on one on uh, White Lion Athletics on Thursday. I love them. I love them too. And then 11 a.m., I ordered a huge shipment and it came in by 2 p.m. the same day. So yeah, it was nice. They are incredible. Very, very professional. Their customer service, even, even since I'm now in Toronto, they reached out and he asked me if he wanted me to go to my house to ship my kettlebell for me, because since we're in lockdown, I have nothing here. So nice. He's awesome. No, they're awesome. I've I've dealt with them for a couple of years now and top-notch service, personalized service and in Manitoba, Winnipeg, they're, they're awesome. So, um, and hopefully yeah, for sure. So today we have a special guest um, and it's kind of near and dear to me because I work a lot with combat athletes, obviously with wrestling and and combat sports. So you do see a lot of head and neck injuries. So uh, myself Mm -hmm. included as an athlete, I had a few, but back in my day, it was, it was called getting your, your bell rung. And if you can see three fingers, you can go back and compete that's changed. <laughs> so uh, we have a, a, a very good guest on here. She's an occupational therapist who uh, is uh, heavily involved with uh, brain injuries and concussions with all her clients and her and her passion. So uh, where she's agreed to uh, come on today, which is great, uh, great for our listeners and for us to, to learn. Uh, like it is in my scope in my profession, but I haven't for the past few years, I haven't really dived into a, the, the, the brand new science, the brand new findings. So I love to keep learning. And she's one, one aspect of my career where I always ask questions and refer to her when, when it comes to this. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Tuet Tiet uh, Deneza. That was a little inside joke. So Tiet, mm-hmm. uh, take the ball. Uh, tell Hi. everyone who, uh, who you are. Well, first of all, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks guys for having me. Like it's, I am a little bit nervous to be honest, but I appreciate you guys wanting to talk about concussions, which is like my baby. <laughs> so I'm, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, Tim, that was a very nice intro. I am an occupational therapist and I've been working for about two decades now. Holy Whoa. Age yourself there, I did. I just want to make sure everybody knew how old so I was. So wait, you started when you were four? I started when I was 14. 14. Oh, 14. Close okay, enough, okay, okay. Tim. You almost got it. Um, and this ended up being an area where I fell into. I started off with musculoskeletal stuff and I had to deal with these physios. You know, oh, They were hard to work with. Um, and then eventually I met an amazing colleague of mine that was she was just so 
inspirational with brain injury stuff. And she taught me a bunch of different treatment plans. I'm like, hey, this is kind of fun stuff. And this is cool. I like it. And I actually feel like I'm not doing work because I love teaching and I love learning about the brain and then sharing this information with people. Like, this is super cool. Um, and so that's kind of how I ended up in brain injury. You know what? That reminds me. Um, I just learned last week about brains and I found out what a sleeping brain's favorite rock group is. REM. <laughs> Good one. Oh, Tim. Too soon, too soon. Yeah, it's never actually. too soon, Dopreet. <laughs> okay, can I share with you guys a story too? Um, the reason why I think I love brain injury so much, I love teaching about brain injury stuff, is because I almost died I, when I was in grade school. I had a, let's just say my parents are immigrants, and so supervision is not their strongest forte. Um, and so I had. I got stuck under the garage door. I'll just be frank and honest here. I got stuck under those automatic garage doors that landed right on my chest. And that's how I got there. But I did. And it wasn't one of those ones that would reverse. Like, I think nowadays they bounce back. Yeah. And back in the old days, they just they just landed right on top of my rib cage. And so I suffocated. And that is another way you could sustain a brain injury is through hypoxia, which is just no oxygen to the brain. But the cool thing about this is that I know what it's like to die. Like, I literally could have died and it was just a neat experience where the room spun and things just kind of it went like felt like it was in a tornado and then I had my memories of that week just kind of everything went backwards that I thought that was it was painless I guess you could say so a good way to die would be suffocation or drowning so I've heard and no then, one take that note but anyways <laughs> thank you and um please don't <laughs> But like just my brain, it was like a computer watching a video and the video just stopped and it glitched and it kept going back and back and back. Wow. Um, and so like everything in my body, like all the sphincters went, my head hemorrhaging, my eyes, like everything popped, all the blood vessels popped in my face, my, the right parts of your eyes, whatever that's called, yeah. um, were pure red. And so um, you go to the hospital, the only thing they care about is fractures, right? Nobody really looks at the brain or worries about the brain, but through school and it could be just because I have a low IQ or either I did sustain a brain injury and memory and attention were just so difficult for me. So I just became obsessed with how to learn better, how to memorize better, how to organize myself better. Um, so anyway, that was my little story. Wow. 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 That's, that's, a, that's incredible. Yeah. And I, like nine, nine okay, or ten, okay. something like that. Yeah. That's really, it's, it's crazy to hear that, you know, and I feel like our listeners will also just see like how passionate you are about this because you've gone through something so traumatic at, at such a young age too, you know, and do you feel that around that age, you just, you kind of knew what you wanted to do no. in, the, in, the, in the long run or you discover that later on? Yeah, I think I discovered it later on. Like I, all I knew was in high school because I had Chinese parents and they were very mm-hmm. strict. And I had to do whatever it takes to get like the smart, you know, the A plus marks. A wasn't good yeah. enough. So I had to do A plus. And so if that meant I had to take out all these books on memory and attention and mnemonics, then that's what I would do. So if you got an A, they go, what happened to the plus? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, my dad literally said to me, you got 99. Why not 100? <laughs> My dad would say, yeah, I got 94 in math. And the other 6% went where, right? (laughs) It was awesome. Yeah, he was like that. Exact (laughs) same thing in my household. Still to this day, like, 
You know, if I do something, my dad's like, okay, yeah, you got like 98%, but where's the other 2%? How, how come you didn't get that 2%? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Instead of celebrating, they're like, where's the other 2%? I think we need a peer support group here about our past. We do. <laughs> do that next podcast. Okay, so this is where I want to start because in my profession with our patients, with our clients, with, with our listeners too, I want to ask the first question, which I find very important. Um, what is a concussion? We have all these, like me and Dilpre always say, our biggest goal is to take all the misinformation out there, all the info, good, bad, Netflix, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, your brothers, neighbors, uncles, vets, dogs, uncles, best friends, neighbor, and put it into a funnel and get the, the nitty gritty pebbles of what's happening. So Tiet, what is a concussion and is it a brain injury? Okay. A very good question. Um, yes, I, it is a brain injury. And I think that's the first thing that a lot of people mis- are confused because it's considered as a mild brain injury. So have you guys heard the terms mild, moderate, severe, if I say that? Okay. So when they say mild brain injury, a lot of people think, okay, so it's mild brain injury. It's not that bad. Um, It kind of lessens the degree of severity of a concussion of a brain injury. But in my experience, it is a mild brain injury. So first of all, yes, but it could actually be very disabling and very dysfunctional, um, even more so than a moderate brain injury. Oh, why is that? Oh, Um, because a lot of the times with the mild brain injury, the symptoms that they have um, is like vertigo or dizziness, um, constant headaches. Headaches a big one with concussions. And to live with a constant headache and being constantly dizzy, it's very disabling. It just ruins your, it ruins your function from day to day. Do you think that, so what I like saying brain injury, why I ask that question is, let's say I tell a parent their son is playing hockey and they, they, they want to get back into, into action. I'm like, listen, he has a concussion. He has to take some break and they still don't get it. But if I use the word brain injury, a lot of times they yeah. take it more seriously. Do you find the same thing? Oh, absolutely. Okay. For sure. For sure. It is the same thing. So, okay. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I, if you think about it, like we have so many conversations with even friends and they'll feel like, yeah, I just had a concussion. <laughs> you know, I feel people, people don't take it as seriously, because, I guess, because their doctors tell them, oh, like you had a concussion. But um, of course, like you said, Tim, if you say brain injury, then people are are prone to taking it more seriously and they freak out a little bit. But if there's so many people, yeah, I just had a concussion. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and bad. Then, question on top of that, and this is what I get a lot for some people, some questions. And some people think that you have to basically get knocked out or blackout or, or lose your consciousness in order to suffer a concussion. Is that true? And that's another good point. No, that's not true as well. It used to be back in the 80s. And I always think of you, Tim, because you always talk oh, about... Oh, 80s? Think of me? <laughs> wow. Ouch. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, now they switch the rules. So if you ever go into seeing a doctor and a doctor says, well, you didn't lose in consciousness, so you didn't have a concussion, I would walk out of that office. Um, the rules changed back in 1992. And they I forgot what... Um, classification but they change it now you do not need to lose consciousness to have a concussion there are different criteria so it's more like you know decreased um cognitive orientation that kind of thing fogginess there has to be some a daze type of feeling but it's not yeah you don't have to lose consciousness so what are the um usually after concussion people i think the biggest one that i hear is that people feel like there's a fog on them they never there's just something cloudy. They can't concentrate. Um, sometimes it's 
the light sensitivity, they have difficulty looking at their screens or TV, um, balance coordination could also be, there's actually a bunch of physical and cognitive um, signs of a concussion. And so when you think of like a concussion, and I actually kind of go back to the first question you asked me what a concussion is, it's like your whole brain gets bumped and bruised and injured. So it's not like a traumatic brain injury where there's bleeding to a particular part of the brain. And that's what you would see on an MRI or CT. It's actually all over sharing of the, of the brain. Um, and so you don't really see those on CTs and MRIs. Um, anyway, oh, I don't know where I was going that's, with that's, that. That's but. a good, so what would be the gold standard tests? Let's say, let's say um, Jim Bob came to me after a hockey uh, injury, uh, concussion or, or wrestling injury. Um, what would I do for a, a testing at a clinic to, to test for a concussion type of a diagnosis? Hmm. So I don't, because I don't diagnose, but I can suggest if there's signs of a concussion. Um, I, from what I'm understanding, there is no gold standard to diagnose okay. concussion. But there are tools out there, like the SCAT B, and I don't know if you learned that in the SCAT. Yeah, I think we're in SCAT yeah. five now. That's my yeah, I, SCAT, SCAT five. five. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, and there is you can actually find it online for any people that um, do coaching, refereeing, or physiotherapy and all. That. And there's concussion clinics out there. And what the SCAT B looks at, it looks at cognitive. You know, orient, are they oriented? They give them a short-term memory test, um, attention test. They look at the physical part. Um, I guess the neurogenic signs that you'd see like dilation of the pupils oh the pupils that reminds me you know what i just learned last week that um pupils are the last things to die because they dilate <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one actually <laughs> not bad Tim. i like that <laughs> oh i'm just uh i'm just uh casually chuckling over over here <laughs> that was better than the first one it was much better than the first Whoa, one. ouch okay okay yeah yeah. Um, so, sorry, sorry, did we cut cut you off? No, no. Keep going. Okay. We'll keep going. I, I, I do have a question. Um, so, what if you get hit a second time? Like, how, yeah. how dangerous? That how is dangerous so is that? Um, okay. So, when you guys are talking about how people don't take concussions seriously, mm-hmm. first, I want to say that yes, a concussion is not that severe for most cases a good 80, 90% will recover on their own. And that's something I really like to focus on with my clients. But what you do in the very beginning of your concussion after you get in a a concussion is essential to your recovery. So that question you asked, if you got hit a second time and your first concussion did not fully heal, it could be devastating. So your symptoms, the problems that you will have will either A, just last so much longer or can become very severe. Um, in one case, I had um, a young lady, and this is worst case scenario, so I don't want to freak people out, but worst case scenario, she just became a whole different person, like personality-wise, psychological, just very catatonic um, after her first accident. This is a healthy teenager going to work, was it working, like doing super well, going to school, and then all of a sudden was like a vegetable. She couldn't even look me in the eye. She had this odd twitch in her hands, and she couldn't stop twitching her hands, and just very catatonic like and that was just oh, from my. the second half of two weeks after. we saw that in the nhl i'm sure people are aware of eric lindros uh he was primed to be one of the greatest ever and then devastating concussions on some pretty crappy shitty hits that he got hit to the head with we all know the whole scott stevens hitting which now would be banned and he would be off for an entire year with suspension back then it was applauded but 
it, it skewed his entire career and he had multiple concussions. And as he got more and more and more, it would take a light hit mm-hmm. remember him to, to Absolutely. feel the effects and he retired. He, he couldn't, and this happens a lot in hockey and you see that a lot. So, okay, good point. Secondary concussions are pretty severe. Yeah. And how, how long, um, how long does it usually take for the first one? Obviously I feel like it depends on the severity for like recovery, but what would you say is like the span of recovery for the first concussion? Of course. Yeah, that's the, I think the first one, what I've, what I've been reading on all the literature and research that I've found is about seven to 10 days is a, a critical window that you really shouldn't be injured. And I we even read some up to 30 days. Um, so I think for me, my opinion is that you really shouldn't go back to playing or doing anything if you're still feeling symptoms. So it is mm-hmm. very each person because mm-hmm. we're so individual. But what, what thing- else would you recommend? So if you if you are injured and you have your concussion, um, what would you recommend for that person? Like at home, how to take care of themselves, things to avoid. Very good question. The first few days, like it depends where again where you read the literature, but it's about one to three days where you really shouldn't be doing anything. If you're diagnosed with concussion, you should be resting, staying at home. The worst thing that I see is a lot of my clients that said they had a concussion and then they, you know, it happened on the way to work with whiplash car accident or something, and they tried to push through work and then they just felt worse and they continued to go to work or continue to go to school and symptoms continue to get worse. That's not good. You really should rest the first one to three days. And this would mean things like resting as like no screen time, if that seems to bother you, like computers, TV, um, light, bright lights are a big trigger for people. So you don't want to be in a very well-lit room. You could dim the lights, for example. Um, Nighttime driving. Nighttime driving, yeah, 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 very good point. Um, maybe don't go to Walmart and do a lot of sh- Christmas shopping after a concussion. Don't go to Walmart, period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> concussion or not. Not during COVID. Napping is okay. Like a lot of people think that you shouldn't nap. And there, it used to be back in the old days where you shouldn't, um, you should, shouldn't go to sleep and you try to wake someone else in case they were afraid something severe, like a bleed into the brain might happen. And uh, things normally do get better, but if things do get worse right after brain injury, like if you're, I guess key things are like, again, the pupils, um, headaches are just increasing, um, starting to vomit, um, decreased orientation, becoming more confused. Well, then you should go in and see a doctor right away for sure. Okay. Um, I have a question. Uh, I know with myself, with my combat sports, and either also my car accident uh, patients, I always seem to find well, almost one-to-one with a concussion diagnosis, this neck pain. Like I'm, mm. I've seen neck pain, of course, first and foremost, but that always coincides with either a jaw or concussion symptoms. So how closely related are neck injuries to concussions, let's say in a, in a, in a combat sport injury, in a hockey, in a high-speed collision, uh, whether it be sports or a car accident, or whether it be you just fall off a, a curb like what would be the very good point for actually a lot of my clients who fell slipped on ice and hit the back of their head yeah whiplash is huge with concussion um and it just goes like well you, wait, wait, can you explain what whiplash i think everybody knows whiplash. yeah whiplash so essentially a, a neck flexion extension injury so when the, the neck is forced to to go through a very um pronounced flexion extension uh, within milliseconds of a of a, of a forceful injury uh, you have a lot of soft tissue overstretch overstrain joint sprain within the neck the cervical region so uh, we uh, we associate that with a basically a, a whiplash yeah. uh, where it's like a whip the whiplash you think of that of a whip that's a horrible sound uh, that's the neck doing that the whiplash i think back to indiana jones 
right? Uh, think of that, of the neck doing this. So you, your neck is doing its job by keeping your head on your body, but it's going through a lot of strain by doing it. So that's exactly. a, a whiplash injury. And, and so what happens with your brain, if you're doing that, can you do that sound again? Effect, the head, the brain smacks back and forth <laughs> and you get this jolting and shaking of the head. And that's what can cause a concussion. And so I do see a lot of my clients with neck pain and concussions and the vertigo and dizziness headaches that they report, it really can come from the neck, the jaw or the, or the, the concussion itself. And it's really, in my experience, really hard to tweeze out what is what. So from, okay. from where I've gone for training, they've always recommended that you should always see a physiotherapist and take a look at the neck and address the neck issues first um, and see if that helps with the vertigo, with the, um, yeah, with the headaches and, and vertigo. That's a, that's a like subject I feel lately I hear more about vertigo. You know, I, I have clients as well that experience it. Um, is there something a bit more you can elaborate on um, like what other causes, like, I don't know if like you would know, but like what are other causes of vertigo? Because I hear this from people. They're like, yeah, my doctor said I have vertigo. I have vertigo. And um, as a coach, I would love to know a little bit more on like, you know, what I could tell advise to clients on that end. And that's a very, like a vertigo. Oh, Tim, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I don't, um, I don't specialize in vertigo. There are, like, I look for if you have vertigo and it's ongoing and you're having difficulty with reading and that um, this constant dizziness where it feels like things are moving, I mm-hmm. recommend them to go see a fibular therapist. And they are just like physiotherapists. They are physiotherapists, but they train specifically more with the vestibular system and the mm-hmm. neurogenic neurological system. Mm-hmm. And from my experience, clients that have whiplash, it could be multiple factors. It could be something going on with their ocular motor system and the brain that could be mm-hmm. sharing in that area. And so they can't read, their eyes can't track properly or the eyes can't work together properly. And that causes the symptoms of dizziness. Um, that's a yeah. big one. It could be PPV, which is this condition in the ear. And I'm probably going to get this not 100% correct, but there's little crystals in the ear and they help make you feel balanced. And if they get knocked out of place, then you have this dizziness feeling. And so a lot of my clients will say when they look up or when they look down or they turn their head a certain position mm-hmm. or when they come up from sit to lie, they get this dizziness too. And you'll see a lot of your clients still pre though, if they say that they, let's say they're not moving, but they feel like they are moving. That's a very telltale sign. So I, when I when I say vertigo, it's when they're just lying there and oh my god, the room is spinning, or they're, they're standing and weight bearing and they're swaying. Mm-hmm. So if you're spinning or if your head if your head spinning when you're lying or you're sitting or you're standing or you're swaying and you just can't but you're not moving, you you just you can't control your 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 your, your stable balance. Uh, a lot of patients will say that as their primary symptom. When when they're not moving, they think they are spinning and swaying. Uh, and, and that's one that, and it's usually associated with a nausea feeling, right? Or diz, dizziness and nausea are the biggest two. So with my, my primary ones are, are uh, the, the symptoms are, are the swaying or spinning feeling and then the nausea and dizziness. So when, when that's, that's their, their complaints, you would think right away, okay, a vertigo. And that's when you send to a, a physio or OT who specialize in that. I, I don't I, myself, um, but I know uh, just because of the, the, the combat sports, I, I know a bit about it. Uh, and that's that's what I look for for the for the symptomatics of mm-hmm. that, right? So the fact, um, uh, it's a fascinating subject. It's a, it, 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 it spikes uh, uh, sparks curiosity, as in like wow, like you know that a little bit of an imbalance in your body can just fully 
throw you off. And I've heard of the crystal. I've heard of the crystals before too. Yeah. Crystals in the ears. I'm like, this is so cool. There's one more thing, like a really neat thing I heard from Dr. Quaid in Toronto. He's a neurooptometrist and he talks, he has a bunch of um, resources in this area, but he mentioned that when you see your optometrist, your eye doctor, they only test one thing when it comes to vision. Your visual field is so complex. There's like 15 different areas to test really. And acuity, which is what the neurooptometrist tests, is just one area. So there's so much to the eyes. And you the call eyes him stuff. cute? Yeah, he's very cute too. Acu- oh, acuity. Acuity. <laughs> think, oh, he's acute. Okay, so okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you do this. <laughs> so I think what I want to get into now, and I'm not sure, I'm sure Dilpreet will agree, but we love telling our, our listeners, and I know you can't necessarily prevent concussions, but just like we talked about COVID or anything else, we want to make sure we know we're going to, in our lifetime, we're probably going to get some sort of a concussion. We, you probably will. So you're going to get this and this and this. So what's the best way to almost, I, you, you know what, this is what I'm getting at. You see a lot of commercials, a lot of advertisements about brain hacking, you know, take this alpha, you know, this alpha brain pill and take this pill and do this and this, and you, you can hack your brain. And, and I, I've always been in, in a school thought like to brain hack get your sleep, your nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, your, your, yes. your stress is down, your hydration, like follow the five pillars of health. Okay. So, but do you have any kind of little additives we can, we can add to the mixer for brain hacks? For sure. Well, the most important, well, I, I, I do a few like sleep, diet, exercise, and psychological state. Those are all important. Explain psychological okay. state. Psychological state. Okay. So, um, Positive thinking is huge when it comes to how you're recovering. And uh, for me, anyway, from what I see. So I think like the brain is such a miraculous thing. It's very goal oriented. So whatever you think or whatever you focus on, your brain will filter out your environment to support your thoughts. So if you get a concussion, just for example, I'm being very simple here, but say you have a concussion and you think that you're going, to, you're going to be sick for a very long time and this dizziness is not improving and you're not going to get better and you can't handle stress and then you fall into a depression or you get really anxious, um, that will really impede recovery. It just kind of makes sense, right? But if you think positively and say, you know what, I know the stats show concussions, 80% will get better in like a few weeks and a month. Um, it's a good prognosis. I'm dizzy, but I have the right people I'm going to work with. I'm going to stay like positive about this, the outcomes of their concussion and their recovery is, is much better. Um, so that's what I mean by psychological state. Mm-hmm. And stress is, is a big one too. Like usually you, you, there is a change in your irritability. You're more anxious. You could become more nervous. So deep breathing, like just learning how stress management and deep breathing um, and being gentle to yourself during your recovery time. Those are also important pieces. So turn off CNN, <laughs> turn off CBC, and you won't stress out. Turn off, don't read Winnipeg Free Press. Don't read these garbage um, situations. Yeah, and, and I feel being being kind is like, as you mentioned, I think that's so critical. Um, as human beings, we're so hard on ourselves. And I think when we go through a tough situation like that, we beat ourselves up and say, wow, like, I, you know, I'm not recovering. What's wrong with me? Um, you know, I feel weak. And that it's like, as we've mentioned before in another podcast, like 80% of our thoughts in a day are like negative, you know, and we need to be more kind to ourselves as human beings. And yeah, I, I really, I really like that. Yeah. Amen. 
and another big one is food, like diet. So I'm not a dietitian in any way, but um, from what of everything that I've read, inflammatory foods just mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. it's the metabolic cascade that's happening in the brain. So the more inflammatory types of food that you eat, like sugar, processed foods, bad fatty foods, that's just going to not help the brain recover. And you want to set your yeah. brain up for all. Yeah. I just read a really study. Wow, sorry. I, I before I forget here about to de-stress and to relax. And one of the gold standard methods to relax is is putting on Winnie Houston's greatest hits and <laughs> lying back, and then everything seems calm. That's after exactly that, my right? treatment plan. I give that yeah, to all okay. my clients. Whitney Houston. <laughs> How did so, you know, Tim? How did you I, know? I know these things. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Uh, but yeah, no. No, for a nu- nutrition aspect, I think that it, it's so important. And it, even with other injuries, Tim and I have talked about this, that especially when you're recovering from any injury, your body is in the inflammation process. So it's so important to keep the inflammation down as much as you can. And I've been like attending like, webinars about genetics and inflammation and how the body is so disrupted because of inflammation in your body. And I think in general, our goal all year round should be, you know, try to eat foods that don't cause that inflammation because otherwise it, that, that can just escalate to something else. And especially when you're recovering, listeners, please, 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 especially when you're recovering, I know people are wanting to reach for that junk food and fast food because it's comforting. But when you are recovering, it's even more important to be eating good, nutritious food, you know, with anti-inflammatory properties. So feed the brain, like don't go into Wendy's and feed it with a double junior burger with fries and and a a frosty, uh, not the time. Right. So feed the brain, the brain needs to recover. That's a great one. And avoid and inflame. Actually, Dil, this is one question uh, for you. What are some, a quick list of inflammatory, obviously of fast food, but of, of inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory foods? Well, inflammatory foods, it would be, of course, the junk food, right? Like the high, the high um, sugar, because even with like high sugar will lead to like, um, you know, sodium retention as well in your body. And that's going to cause hypertension, which is like higher blood pressure, uh, fast food, um, basically anything that's processed and fatty and sugary and salty is going to cause an inflammation in your body. And anti-inflammatory foods, you know, your berries, blueberries are amazing, uh, turmeric, Gold, yes. gold. That is gold. I I used to make fun of my parents growing up about turmeric. I'm like, ew, why do you eat so much turmeric? Now they have turmeric lattes at places. Turmeric is amazing for you. You know the anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, anti. It's a great, it's a great spice. It's when when, how do you turmeric? How do you get it into your? Like I take pills, but what do you do? I I just use a powder. <laughs> okay. I'm gross. I'm really gross. Sometimes I will just drink it in water. Um, same thing with raw ginger. I know it's good for me. I'm just one of those people. If I know it's good for me, I will just I'll, I'll take it quickly, <laughs> tug it, um, or of course adding it into food. So adding into a, your stir fry and it turns into more of like an Indian dish for myself. Um, sometimes in like almond milk, because in, in India. So how they would take turmeric is they would take it in milk and like milk there, right? It's good. It's not full of like the hormones and all that stuff. Um, but they would take the milk and then they would put turmeric in there and hot, uh, hot milk. And they would force whoever was injured 
to drink that. And that was like the healing process. So if anyone got injured or had a boo-boo, you know, uh, fell down, your parents would whip up some turmeric uh, milk and force you to drink it. And And they would recover within days. They would feel so much better. It's amazing. I wish I discovered turmeric when I was in my 20s or younger. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> trying, trying. But yeah, I, I would say for sure, of course, your fruits, your vegetables, turmeric, um, those are like some foods right off the hop, I would say you, you should incorporate into into your diet. Nice. And also too, what was that? This is something I always instill in my clients, but I want to get the expert here. So I always say every few months or every year, so kind of hone a new skill, learn something, new language, do Sudoku problems, do word skate problems. Like just, just keep the brain firing, keep it, keep it something new. So you're going to, you're going to, you know, keep growing and keep learning and keep the brain active. Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. For sure. You probably want to do that after getting a concussion, but no, no, I think in general. Okay. Actually, yesterday, I learned Spanish today and then Russian tomorrow sorry, yeah, and then Mandarin, Cantonese in six days. Right. No, no. But it's an anti-aging hack for the brain, for sure. If you want to keep your brain growing, especially when you're people who are retired, the first thing I say is like, go learn a new language, go learn a new hobby. Um, learn it, dad jokes. Learn dad jokes, exactly. It's all about neuroplasticity. And the more you do that, then the more your brain will continue to grow. Because our brain, honestly, is just like any other part of our body. It has cells. They die off but they can grow new ones. That's the one thing that we learned about the brain is that you can grow new neurons, but what stimulates the growth of neurons is by doing something that's challenging. So that promotes that. Do you know where neurons go if they're a crime? No. To nerve cells. <laughs> How do you have all these jokes at first? I just, I just remember neurons. Just I remember the joke <laughs> years ago. Oh. I love that was a cute one. <sighs> that was a cute one. I like that. No, I, I like I like the mental stimulation. Even for myself personally, when I feel I'm in the same routine all the time, you know, doing my work, uh, working with clients, which I like love doing. Um, but I'm a type of person too that if I'm not doing something different, I just don't feel challenged or um like I sometimes get bored. Like I'm not I'm not bored, but my mind is like, Okay, hello. Uh, go read uh, more articles right now or go to, you know, go read books or, Hey, how about you start learning a ukulele, you know, or a piano. And like lately, like in the last few weeks, I've been trying to like play a little bit of the ukulele. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hard. Pardon? Nothing. Never mind. That's <laughs> the accordion. Um, yeah, but it, 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 it's interesting because, and when you start doing that, you, you, automatically start to feel like I feel like like you re, you feel refreshed right yeah, yeah. for sure so another brain hack that I want to talk about for all your listeners is sleep sleep is so important and the what the really cool thing about the nervous system is that we figured out that the brain has a way to detoxify like um, does everyone know what a lymphatic system is, Tim? Should I yeah. should explain? Okay. Yeah. So every organ has a lymphatic system that cleans the organ, but we never knew how the brain cleaned itself. And it's a highly, you know, it provides a lot of toxins because it's using a lot of um, met- a lot of metabolic things going on, right? So it was just in 20, I don't know, recently. And the reason why I know this is because my company started in 2013. So in 2013 is when we just figured out when the lymphatic system of the brain 
and how it works. And it's called the glymphatic system. So the glymphatic, the glymphatic okay. system. Yes. And so it's really important that people get their, you know, six to eight hours of sleep a day because it's the only way your brain detoxifies. It's the only time that that lymphatic system works. It doesn't work 24 hours like your heart does or your liver does. It only functions more so at night. So sleep mm-hmm. is really, really important. So basically to mm-hmm. clean your brain. So the lymphatics listeners to give you a quick a quick uh, kind of a synopsis. When you get a, an ankle injury, an ankle sprain, you got a lot of swelling. The swelling is sitting in your ankle. And this is why we do the podcast on ice, how ice does not remove swelling. So the swelling of the ankle is not um, a, a problem of swelling. It's a problem of evacuation. How are you going to evacuate that swelling? And that's through the lymphatic system. It's one directional and in the body uh, controlled by muscle valves. So by movement, elevation, compression will help to move out that swelling. So I guess with the brain, when you're sleeping, it moves out that, that, right. that swelling. So same idea. Yeah. So the lymphatic system is, is a waste. It's a one directional waste removal of our body. So all our waste products are removed through our lymph nodes, our, our lymph vessels. And so the brain's no different. That's pretty yeah. cool. And the cool thing is like the, like the curves in the brain, the, Oh, I don't want to use a fancy term, but the, if you look at a brain, it's all wrinkled. Those wrinkles actually open up at night so that the cerebral spinal fluid, which is part of the lymphatic system, gets right into right into the brain to clean it out from mm-hmm. the inside. It's, and, and it's so it's so awesome that you mentioned this about sleep, you know, and I feel in the last, I don't know how many years, it's been so glorified as in like, team no sleep, that means you're working hard if you're not sleeping. And over time, you realize you're like, no, 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 you need to sleep if you want to function and you want, you know, the mental clarity and you want to be alert and you want to be successful. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think a lot of individuals need to realize it's not team no sleep, it's team sleep, like get your quality sleep. And of course, it's the quality of your sleep, right? So you're not distracted. You're in and out on your phone and on TikTok. <laughs> take naps. Does anybody here take naps? As it's stop like sometimes, yeah. 20 <laughs> seconds here and there. My alarm clock is a honk behind me. Yeah, it's not safe, but... <laughs> oops. oops. Um, actually, that's a good um, way to get into this. My next question quickly. So do you have any, any tips on better sleep, on a more restful sleep and how to stay asleep better. Mm. I've heard dark rooms and that kind of stuff, but yeah. can you give me the, the lowdown? Well, a lot of my work with sleep comes from Dr. Matthew Walker. So I would say if you're interested in learning more about sleep and all that, Google Dr. Matthew Walker. He's on Joe Rogan, wasn't he? And he's on Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great him. podcast. That's yeah. a great podcast. That's how I learned all about my concussion training, Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. But yeah, he has a bunch of examples. If you Google on YouTube, you can talk quickly about it, but you do want to like decrease the amount of light in your environment by, by 50% a couple hours before you go to bed. You, you know, want to avoid screen time. And I find that some of my clients say, no, no, I love my TV. I need that to fall asleep too. So this is individual, but um, you can try this, try getting off of your screens because of the blue light filters that the waves can stimulate your hormones to keep you awake. Um, you get into a routine, like Take a bath, for example, read a book before you go to bed and go to bed at the same time every day. That would be um, a good routine, for example. Um, mm-hmm. Meditation is very helpful and also keeping your body cooler. Cooler temperatures help you to fall asleep quicker too. Okay. I like that. To- I love that. Well, that's um, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Any closing thoughts to you that we want to tell our, our very intelligent 
listeners that need to know anything else anymore because I actually learned a lot today. I, I kind of knew the perimeter of all this, but you kind of dug deep and it's neat. Like I, I'm, I'm smarter than I was an hour ago. <laughs> so that's nice. Um, let kind of anything you want to conclude with. Just want to conclude that concussions treat it properly, safely in the very beginning, and you'll likely do really well and have no consequences of it. Um, and if you tend to be in that other 10% that's not doing so well, go see a physiotherapist, vestibular therapist, there's neurooptometrist. there's a whole team of people out there to help you. Occupational therapist. Occupational therapist, myself, of course. Yes. Sweet. And then, um, and then for, for Dill, what, for her clients and, and people she's coaching, what would you kind of cue on her to look for? Like, give me a list of five things she can watch out for right away if she deems maybe there's a concussion involved or or, 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 uh, a brain injury um coordination their ability to move walk their transfers um them saying that they feel like they're in a fog a fog is a big one a lot of my clients who finally get out of concussion tell me that sound like a fog just lifted um memory problems um headaches vomiting oh well that would be a huge one for sure um or just feeling dizziness uh, feel like the room is spinning. Those are those mm-hmm. are signs we did sustain a concussion. Amazing. Yeah, well, no, I, I love it. This this was great. This is I think a lot of listeners are gonna love this because like we mentioned, many of us don't take this seriously. But we really don't. And I think this will shed a lot of light for for our listeners. So thank you. This is this is great. I love yeah. I love these podcasts because I'm always learning too. Is that challenging the brain? Absolutely. Yes, podcasts are number one things to do. Every sure. day I want to learn something. I also learned that um, midwives they deserve a lot of respect. They really help people out. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Tim. Nice. Oh my god. But yeah, no, I should have seen on our last podcast. Tim was just tossing these out like he was throwing dollar dollar bills everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, sorry, I just like to kind of let things a little lighter than usual the last few weeks because of what's happening in this, in this crazy, oh, no insane yeah. world. Yeah, more we, need, we need more kindness, more laughing, more love, especially right now. You get a very good post today. It's very simple. Just spread love and kindness. Right. Yeah. When you walk by somebody at Sobeys and they're in the wrong arrow, don't shake your head at them and, and then curse them out. Like yeah. I was in, I was in uh, shoppers yesterday buying some diapers for a, a, a giveaway uh, and some good things for people. I'm in there and this older gentleman walks by and I, I, it was empty, empty store. So I look down halfway through it. I'm only aisle alone and I'm going the wrong, the wrong way. Like God forbid. Sky walks by me, looks at me, shakes his head and goes, you're a dummy and walks by it's like to me. So first of all, by him stopping and talking to me, he's putting things at risk. Just walk on by, buddy. Second of all, I bit my tongue super hard and smiled. I just said, have a great day, man. Love you too. And he was like, yep. didn't know how to yep. respond. And I want, what I would have done as a university student to now is different. <laughs> But, right. But I was like, just, just, you know what? Just don't do that. Just don't do that. Just walk past him. Don't worry about it and carry on with, with your life. Smile and just yeah. say, give a nod. Like it's yeah. not hard being a kind human being and not being judged. And I'm sick and tired of people judging 
whether you're on the side of, listen, this is an unfair lockdown, unfair stats, this is not what we should be doing, or your other side, wear a mask, stay home, whatever side you're on, you have your own reasons, okay? Mm-hmm. So stop judging, stop being uh, condescending to people, and that goes from the top down. Like, our leaders should not be condescending to us, and we shouldn't be condescending to them. So if we cannot be kind or loving or, or non-judgmental, shut the hell up. Move on. I'm serious, right? Move on. I don't have time for it. And I don't want to snap someday, but you never know the wrong timing. So please be kind and and, and be loving. And it goes a long way. Yeah, people people really do need to be kind, you know. And and at the end of the day, I I say that if these people if people are miserable or if they're grumpy, you know what? That's on them. They're dealing with their issues and they're letting it out onto the world. And I just feel sorry for them. And I just say, hey, you know what? God bless you. I hope I hope you get some more positivity your way. I just try to try to weed people out like that. I'm like, oh wow, you must you must be really struggling. So I hope there's more positivity shed into your life. Kill them with kindness. Be extra kind. Oh, you yes. had a bad day, sir. Go home and, and watch a nice show and have a great weekend. You kind yep. little man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just uh, you know, spread kindness, and uh, that's, that's that's all we can do. And you know, stay strong, everyone. Uh, to our listeners, we're gonna tackle this winter wherever winter yes. winter is across the world. I know a lot of places may not get our gloomy cold winters like Canada. It's snowing here today. What? Finally, oh, but yeah. sadly. Yeah, but sadly. <laughs> sadly, but finally. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. Um, We are excited to bring more podcasts to our listeners. And if you have any questions about this, uh, where can we reach you? Oh, um, I have a website. It's uh, dynamicot.ca. And Instagram? Uh, Instagram, no. Okay, how about uh, email? Um, it's T-U-Y-E-T at dynamicot.ca. Nice. Awesome. And of course, the great you? At D underscore little underscore tank on Instagram. And I am uh, at yeah. sport and spine physio on Instagram. And email is? For health sake at? Email.com. Awesome. Yes. So, Thank you everyone again me. for all your support, for continuing to support us through this and Again, uh, if you can spread the kindness and share this podcast with someone else that you think would benefit from this, we would love that. We don't ask much from from you guys, um, but we do appreciate all the love that you give us. So thank you. And also, one more thing. Uh, a few podcasts ago, I was mentioning you got to our thousandth listener. Uh, we just hit 2,000. So yeah, so once again, humbly and uh, genuinely, sincerely, thank you for listening, uh, especially now with, with us being home a lot and, and being a little slower lifestyle, you choose us. And that to me and to Dilpree is, it's like from our hearts, thank you so much for listening. We mm-hmm. do this for you, about you, and to help you. And it's mm-hmm. it's our it's our way of giving back. And so we really, really appreciate all 2,000 listens. And here's to 2,000 more coming up. So Yeah. Thank you. Let's make the world a better place, everyone. Okay, everyone. Peace. Peace. Hope you're ready for the next episode.